Hi guys, it's Gibson, and welcome back to another episode of We Should Talk. I hope you're having a stunning week so far. It's been a little bit gloomy and rainy in New York this week, so I've been holed up watching even more TV than usual, which is saying something because that bar is like very high for me these days. But I hope that this episode has what it takes to sort of carry you through the end of your week, because we have another really great guest, Ashley Darby from The Real Housewives of Potomac. She is one of the original cast members of the show, which is currently in its fifth season, and has never been better. I mean, this show has been giving me life for years now, but I think a lot of people finally sort of like heard the rallying cry of like, do not sleep on Potomac. If you like reality TV, if you like Bravo, if you just want some form of escapism to have during these times, The Real Housewives of Potomac is it and you should be watching it. You know, Ashley has been an open book since the beginning and she has had a lot to be open about. And you know, a lot has happened in her life and every time something happens, she talks about it. And to me, like that just gives me a certain level of respect for her just as a person, as somebody in the public eye who sort of makes that promise to share these things. And we talked a lot about that. We talked about the latest scandal to hit her marriage, which is a sort of like pseudo cheating scandal and kind of the fact that like she and her castmates are so open about their lives and what happens in it and they talk about it and they address it and there are women on other franchises namely Beverly Hills who have things happen in their life and they don't address them it was really interesting learning to hear from her that like she notices that like they are so open and they and other people are not and sort of like the different expectations and it's um it was a really kind of like poignant thing to hear from her. We also talked about the Candace and Monique of it all this season, which is sort of the central storyline this year and where she falls on that, where she stands with either of them. And um, we just kind of went through the different hot topics of this season. And if you watch The Real Housewives of Potomac, you will love this interview. So stay tuned for that later on in this episode. But first, I'm going to talk about something that sort of popped up during the pandemic early on. You know, there are so many meme accounts out there, right? And sometimes you'll, your friends will start sending you stories and posts from an account that's private. And these big accounts will go private because they want to force people into following them. You know, if your friends keep sending you an, a, a post from a certain account, you're going to want to see what they're sending you. So you will click follow instead of like kind of maybe ghost stalking it at a public account kind of here and there. No. So one of those accounts that I started to get stories from was Dumois. I think I'm pronouncing that right. D-E-U-X-M-O-I. It's on Instagram. And basically they just court DMs from people about celebrities, whether that is celebrity sightings, celebrity run-ins, celebrity interactions from years past, working with celebrities. And it's just a really kind of hodgepodge account of these stories. And they're totally unchecked. They're totally unverified. So you have to take everything on this account with a grain of salt. And when I first started following it, the tea was piping hot. Like there were some like things that I was reading on that account. And I was like, whoa, like I can't believe people are sending this in. They are anonymous stories, but people would talk about hooking up with a celebrity or a really particularly bad interaction with a celebrity. And I'm like, whoa, like I'm surprised this account, this account is publishing this stuff. I mean, it's sort of like this new trend on Instagram actually of like big accounts posting DMs sort of unverified without sort of checking or doing their due diligence. And I'm sort of like iffy on that for sure. Um, Emily Gallus is another one of those accounts. She's sort of the woman that has been at the forefront of the F factor takedown. And if you haven't gone down that rabbit hole, I highly recommend, but I'm not gonna get into that today because that's a whole other can of worms. But anyway, it's sort of part of this trend where it's sort of like, okay, like I'm not sure if this story is accurate because this person's hearing it from a friend of a friend of a friend, or it was a, like one bad interaction with a celebrity 10 years ago. Um, maybe they're having a bad day. And so again, take it with a grain of salt, but some of the stuff on there is definitely really great. It's gotten a little bit to become like, just like random celebrity sightings that people send in. So they'll be like, 
oh my God, like I saw Lowe Bosworth from the hills at like a coffee shop. And it's like, okay, like who cares? But there's still some great stuff on there. You just have to sort of mine through more of it. And I think they have their old stuff posted in their story highlights or something. But anyway, that's my sort of endorsement for the week. Dumois on Instagram, a really great follow. You won't regret it. I look at every single one of their stories every single day. So there you have it. Uh, And speaking of celebrity sightings, you know, back when we would commute to work, I walked to and from work every single day. I had this nice little 20 minute walk. I would start and end my day with some solitude, some much needed alone time with a podcast or some music, what have you. Anyway, on that walk was the Bowery Hotel, which is sort of one of the most like notorious celebrity hotspots in New York. A lot of celebrities stay there. A lot of celebrities eat at Gemma, which is the Italian restaurant on the first floor. A lot of celebrities hang out at the Bowery Lobby Bar, which you can only sit down at if you're staying there. So like if you just walk into the Bowery Bar and you want to sit at one of the tables or on one of the couches, good luck. You can just go stand at the bar because you aren't staying there. Peasant. Anyway. (laughs) I've never stayed there, so like that's not me calling you a peasant. I'm also one of those peasants who has tried to sit on the couch and be kicked off. So a lot of people stay there. And one day I was walking home from work during my first year in New York, and I noticed a ton of people standing outside the hotel. Paparazzi, fans, tourists that were probably loitering around. And I was like, okay, this has to be somebody good. There was like a good like 50 people. I didn't ask anybody, but pro tip, if you ever see like kind of like a crowd like this outside a hotel or a restaurant or something when you're in New York, always ask who it is so you don't waste your time waiting for somebody you don't care about. Chances are the people that are waiting know exactly who they're waiting for, so ask them. But this time I didn't, so I had no idea who was about to walk out of this hotel. I waited for probably like 10 to 15 minutes, which is like not that long, but also like a little bit too long to be admitting, I think, considering I had no idea who it was going to be. But the doors finally open. There's a little bit of a commotion and out walks Jessica Simpson and the largest sunglasses you have ever seen with a huge designer bag hanging from her elbow like Alexis Rose from Schitt's Creek. She's probably outside invisible for seven seconds. She walks from the lobby of the hotel to her SUV that's waiting with the door open. Paparazzi flashes like a thousand times in eight seconds, seven seconds. People are screaming her name. She doesn't stop for anybody. She does a little knowing smile and she gets in her car and drives off. And it was just such a sort of like eye-opening moment. You know, like you see these paparazzi photos on the Daily Mail or in a magazine or on social media. And it's a celebrity in a very highly curated outfit, very put together. Like they look amazing. They've gone through glam. And they're literally walking from a door to a car for eight seconds. And just the thought that goes into a moment like that. Everyone downstairs knew somehow that Jessica Simpson was coming down. Uh, So clearly a tip was given to somebody. And it just like kind of is, is a peek behind the curtain of how these like moments work, right? It's like, they aren't all just candid, you know, paparazzi happen to be their moments. Like, no, like these are pretty planned moments. Like Jessica Simpson was probably doing some sort of press tour that week for her new line of shoes or like it was before her book. So it wasn't her book, but that's how these things work. And it was just like during my first year in New York, it was kind of one of those moments where I was like, oh, like I can just be passing by a hotel and see Jessica Simpson walk out. And uh, like, it's been just a whole orchestrated moment. So anyway, I've seen other people walk out of the Bowery since then, but that was sort of like the big first notable one. And if you're ever in New York and you want to try to see a celebrity, book a table at Gemma, sit outside, and watch that front door of the Bowery Hotel. So anyway, that's enough from me. Let's get to my interview with Ashley Darby from The Real Housewives of Potomac, which airs Sunday at 9, only on Bravo. Enjoy my interview. All right, so we're here with Ashley Darby from The Real Housewives of Potomac. Ashley, how are you? I'm great, Gibson. How are you doing? 
I'm good. We just caught up a little bit off camera, and um, you 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 do have that pregnancy glow. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. How is it, as I feel like for a little bit, you do probably sit on that news. How does it feel to have that out in the world? It feels really good to be able to finally talk about it because since I talk about it so much with my family and my friends, sometimes I slip and I would say things to people who aren't as close to me. So now it's nice. I can just like, oh, like sigh relief that I'm not going to spill any beans accidentally, that it's all out there. I love it. How is baby Dean doing? Dean is great. Um, he's just living his best little life. He loves to rub my tummy and, and wave to the baby in my tummy and give me hugs and kisses on my tummy. So he's already starting to understand that there's a little baby in there. I love that. I love, that was my next yeah. thing. I wanted, to, I wanted to know how much like he can even grasp at this point, but clearly he, he knows. He must because yeah. he, all you have to do is say wave to the baby and he comes right up to me. And it's like, do babies just have the sixth sense about these things? They're very intuitive, so perhaps. I believe it. I believe it. Okay, so, so Ashley, you are one of the four Real Housewives of Potomac OGs that has made it to five seasons, which is, by the way, a record. I'm sure you've heard that from other people, but I just think that speaks to the quality of cast that we have on Potomac. And, you know, you've, yes. been, you've been through the ringer a lot. How does this fifth season compare to past seasons? I would have to say that I've learned a lot on this journey. Uh, I've learned a lot about myself and what I can tolerate, what I can't tolerate. And I've even become more comfortable speaking my mind because in this group, it's sink or swim. So you really do have to be able to stand your ground, say what you mean and stick by it. So it's been a growth opportunity for me. Yeah. And honestly, my skin's gotten really thick too, Gibson, I must say. I mean, I, I, I certainly believe that. And I think honestly, the proof is just in the show. Like it's like, <laughs> there are certain things that don't rattle you that I am just blown away by. And that, that, I mean, that, that's a good quality to have right there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would say that becoming a mother changed me so much more than I yeah. ever anticipated. So my patience has elevated even higher. You know, my, my yoga journey was the beginning of that. And now my motherhood journey, I'm just as zen as can possibly be. I love it. And, and <laughs> it, it's it, 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 a good, important caveat there. But, you know, yes. you, you say that you have more patience and do you also have more, does also being a mother also must give you better perspective on also just like what, what matters and what doesn't, you know what I mean? 100%. There are so many things that you realize don't have significance. Uh, Michael always has this rule of five years. If it's not something that's going to be essential, that's going to have an impact on you in five years, let it go. Don't worry about it. Keep it moving. So, I mean, I tried to practice that before becoming a mom. And now that I have Dean and worrying about his livelihood, I really implement that. And yeah. obviously, there, there, like you said, you have a thick skin and that's because, I mean, You've gone through a lot on camera, you know, particularly with your marriage, like a lot of stuff has just come to the surface that are people have brought things up or it's just been, it's been a journey for you on this show. And I'm curious, just sort of like, where, how are you and Michael these days? Because, you know, we, right now in season, there's something really tough going on, but how are you like in current times with Michael? Well, what you'll see is that was a hard time for us for a minute. It's not mm -hmm. as though we just magically came out of that and all of a sudden our relationship was perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, we worked through quite a bit of stuff and um, we document all of that on the show. So yeah. <laughs> there's still quite a bit of a ride left on the roller coaster with us. But as of now, especially with quarantine, we had a chance to reconnect quite a bit and to learn more about each other. So we're even closer now than we've ever been. 
And um, we've learned a lot and we, we have more open lines of communication than we've ever had in our entire relationship. And I'm, I'm thinking about that scene this, this season where it's you and Michael and you're having sort of that come to Jesus conversation in front of the cameras to the point where Michael just says, I'm done. We see producer James come in. What was going through your mind in that moment? And like, did you even think that that was gonna be airing? Because I mean, like when the, when the producer steps in, it's like, oh, okay, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. First of all, I love James. Yes, um, I, <laughs> I really did not expect any of that to air. Like the conversation was already a little bit difficult because Michael and I, we kind of jumped around. We, right. we naturally jump around anyway in conversation. That's just how we, how we have back and forth. And so I was like, man, I wonder how this is going to transpire. And then when James steps in, I was like, oh, finally, like I can just like, we can just relax for a minute and just, oh, I didn't really think that that would be included. But you were picking, you, know, you were picking at the vegetables on the table and you were just. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a sigh of relief. I'm like, oh, James, you know, I've never been so happy to see that little face in my life. But yeah, <laughs> turns out, you know, whenever the cameras are on, it's all fair game. Totally. Especially these days. It's yeah. like the, the, the quote unquote fourth wall is being broken more than we even like realize these days. But I feel like, you know, as a fan and as a viewer and just as somebody who, who has been watching on TV for five years at this point, I think there is so much appreciation for, you know, as difficult as some of these things are for you guys, the fact that you guys are such open books especially when there are people on your franchise on other franchises especially that are not nearly as open as you guys is it frustrating ever to, to see that that it's like okay like I'm mm. pulling my weight I am like opening myself up in a way that is honestly kind of like like incomprehensible sometimes and like for other people to not reach that level or not be the same does how is it from your perspective to see that Oh man, you're really hitting a sore spot for not just me, but a lot of my, my castmates, we feel this way. There is a lot that we are willing to share. And also that it's just, it doesn't make sense for us not to share certain elements of our lives. And we yeah. feel that. I don't know how some other franchises can get away with not being as transparent as us, especially when if you look at us as complete people, we all have different pieces of our puzzle. And I don't know how some pieces of the puzzle can completely be omitted. I don't know how, whether it's it happening, yeah, like whether you're having some legal issues or whether you're having some marital issues, how is it that you guys don't have to talk about that? And how does it not end up in the press? Because anything that happens with I know. us is somehow in the press like that and down to like the barest detail. I don't know how it happens for these other ladies. There are certain so. blogs that pick up the Potomac tea like, like that. And it's, I don't know if like other cities don't have the equivalent like blogs or whatever, but like, but I, but I, I think particularly of Beverly hills where it's like we we know of things that are going on that we just don't see and it's and it's frustrating as a viewer and i think that that has i mean again i'm speaking as somebody who loves all these shows which is it gives us a greater appreciation for potomac and just what you guys give us every single year and um i, I you know as frustrating as it must be i also hope that you feel that appreciation as well yes and it's really nice to hear that thank you it, and that's why we do it honestly yeah. because it's not fair to you it's not fair to anyone who watches the show to not get the complete picture so we're not about mm -hmm. that life we, we want to keep it 100 there were a few memes that happened that kind of popped up after that conversation that we just talked about where producer james pops in and you have that conversation and then you go to the ladies the wine event that's supposed to be giselle's celebration event yes. before the fight happens you make a big revelation about your marriage and you share some big, some, a lot of stuff that they had no idea. 
and then the fight breaks out. And and I think there's a lot there's a lot of memes that were like, Ashley must be pretty happy that it's kind of being <laughs> overshadowed right now. Was there a part of you that was obviously what happened was horrible, but was there a part of you that was just like, I'm kind of getting off here a little bit. And I'm not the, I'm not going to be the center of the, the center stage right now. You know, it's interesting because I had really hyped myself up to right. handle whatever they hurled my way. I I just knew because. I've been very vocal about opinions that I have about other people's relationships, right? So I know that whatever I spewed out is probably going to be thrown back at me. So I was prepared. I was like, yes, I was giving myself a little pep talk in the car. And then when that happened, I was like, oh, okay. I, you know, it was kind of like the Homer Simpson meme, you know, back where away. I just like slid back into the bushes. I, I, I can handle being center stage and I don't mind it. Of course. But, I, you know, it, it was kind of nice to prop my feet up. Well, not really prop my feet up because that whole situation that followed afterward was anything but relaxing but it was nice to be off a little bit you weren't in the you were in the hot seat like you probably expected to be yeah 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 which again <laughs> I don't really mind the hot seat that much totally yeah you handle I, uh, it well yeah it was a nice little change of pace <laughs> yeah and okay so speaking of this moment that happened we, we all know this whole we always knew honestly since it happened in real time that this altercation between Monique and Candace was going to kind of take the spotlight this season. It was, it was all the promo was building up to it. And then you went to the bathroom during it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Do you regret going to the bathroom? Are you, okay, are you okay that you weren't there for that specific instance? What's your okay, mind? Where's your mind at when it comes this. to that? So this is how this played out. We were winding down. I was about to get in my car. I mean, when I, I, I needed to, you know, take care of my chest, you know, for my baby. Yeah. It, everything was just winding down. And I was like, before I get on this long drive home, I'm going to use the bathroom. But before we wrapped up, Candace made the statement of, I love everyone. And I figured, oh, perhaps they had had a conversation off, you know, some other time that maybe mm -hmm. they've made up and I don't know it. So I just thought, maybe let me just ask. Had no idea that it was going to go so far off the rails. Right. I just thought, I really thought I was asking an innocuous question. I really did. And yeah, I was just prepared to come out, grab my purse and get in the car. And uh, good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if you could even find your purse after that, like really. I, I didn't even give it. <laughs> about it oh I my god even, I didn't even care about my purse I was like oh my god there was just so much going on right and then just like sort of generally I'm curious like how much has your opinion changed on what happened between Monique and Candace since last fall when it happened and now like there's been a lot of time to digest it there's been a lot of different conversations happening and um that have come to light what, how has you, your opinion changed on this? My opinion hasn't really changed. Monique is well aware that I am not okay with what she did. I do not mm -hmm. condone what she did. And uh, she, we've been very clear about that. And she also knows that irrespective of that action, I still support her as her friend and I still care about her. I'm still going to have her back no matter what. I've made that clear then and I've continued to reinforce that to her now. And as for how both of them have been treating it, I think that the way that Monique is and the way that Candace is, that this ultimately is kind of how they ended up having this altercation because they do have very strong opinions and they don't always do the best at communicating them. And the way that their fight happened was because they weren't communicating with each other. So ultimately that just seems to be a byproduct of the relationship that they would have. And if they ever have a relationship again, knock on some wood, I'm hoping they do. Right. I, I hope that that is one thing they have learned from this incident. For sure. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, that happened. And then the rest of that episode was kind of like not related to, to the incident. And then the, the episode that followed that moment, 
I think is one of the most powerful episodes of Real Housewives that I can remember in, re in recent memory. Mm -hmm. it's, it's literally you guys in a room discussing this moment and the ramifications mm -hmm. of it within the group, the ramifications of it in terms of representation for Black women, like the ramifications of it on their families and their marriages. Like it is a very deep conversation that's being had, regardless of where you stand on who was right or who was wrong or what have you. I just think that that hour of television was like, it honestly gives me chills even thinking about it because I haven't seen something like that um, on TV in a really long, and uh, probably ever. What, what, was it, what was it like to just be part of that conversation? I mean, again, you, there were so many different opinions being had, but I think it was so nice for you guys to be able to at least like try to hash it out. I agree. I think that one of the things we've shown throughout the course of, of Real Housewives of Potomac is that we are willing to have, <clears throat> excuse me, difficult conversations. And whether that be me admitting so that my marriage is not traditional or whether that be Giselle admitting that she's back with Jamal and whatever, we just, we are always going to have these very difficult things that are, they're not easy to talk about, but no. you have to address them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So ultimately what I appreciate about that conversation is we all were able to say what we needed to say. And even though I don't agree with the sentiment of the group that I feel like Monique's action was a reflection just of where Monique was at that point in her life. And it should not ever be about her making black women look bad. That is a, it's a, it's almost like we are taking on what the stereotypes totally. that people say about black women. And so rather than letting anyone make me feel bad for my behavior and, and trying to generalize that this is what black women do or that it, I'm just, I reject all of that. We are all individuals. We have our own opinions and we act and we don't always act properly. And that's what we needed to talk about in that moment. Giselle was a little bit extreme with her security guard. I must right. say that I was quite shocked to see him sitting there. I, I thought that he was was like a, someone's family member or friend. I had no idea that he was there to try to be security for somebody. And Karen has always said she was gonna call security. And, and so I was like, maybe it's for Karen. Giselle, of all people, I was quite shocked, quite mm -hmm. shocked. But okay, and, but what do you think of, because I, obviously you and Karen were giving Monique the benefit of the doubt in terms of her changing her behavior going forward, her learning from this experience and the conversations and kind of taking the criticism on. But it seemed as though Giselle, Robin, and Wendy, I think a lot of people kind of saw how they were in that moment and they kind of thought that they had made, made up their minds already, that they weren't really going to hear Monique. And I think that I saw a lot of conversation about that online. What did, do, you, do you agree with that? Do you think that they gave Monique a fair chance? Do you think it's, I mean, I guess they are entitled to their own opinions, but what, what do you, where do you stand kind of in how they approached whether or not to forgive Monique? I think it was pretty evident that the women had made up their minds prior to coming to the meeting. Uh, I think that the the nature of what happened that night with everything that they witnessed, they had just already come to their own conclusion about what should happen moving forward. Right. And you know, it's it's really hard because even though when Candace was was confrontational with me and was trying to instigate a fight with me, I still never completely wrote her off. I never said just because right. you have this violent tendency, I'm never going to see you or speak to you again. So I and I know Monique took it a little further than Candace. Yes, I understand that. But ultimately, I just don't think that you can ix anybody or cut them off completely without giving them the fair opportunity to express themselves and then come to your own conclusion. I mean, speaking of your personal relationship with Candace, did she, what did she think about sort of like your opinion on the whole situation? Did, did she 
Does she hold that against you? Are you guys okay? Like, or are we going to see more of that going forward oh. this season? Well, I don't know if you've seen the mid-season trailer yet. I Things have. don't <laughs> really improve between Candace and I. Right. And I wish I could say they did, but uh, we just can't seem to get along. Uh, yeah. We can't kumbaya it out for anything whether it be something that happens between us or something that happens externally in the group, we just will never really be able to see eye to eye, it feels like. And it's, it's, it's like, not, it's like oil and water. Yeah, it's like, it's... It really it's, is. Yeah. And you would think because we have so many things in common, theoretically, but there are elements about Candace's character and who she is. I think that she's a person who can be a little... She's She has some sort of hate in her heart. And I don't know what it stems from. I don't know if she's working on it. But it's just really hard for me to move forward, after, especially after some of the things that she said recently. Right. Well, she didn't say them recently, but some of the things she said coming to light, I, it's really hard for me to move with her right. in, in the right way. Mm -hmm. But that being said, it's like, okay, like you just said, you're still not sort of like totally like nixing her out from the group. Like you are, she said that she wouldn't even film with Monique going forward. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like at least you are being a little bit more open to <laughs> to inclusion, I guess. Would you say, was, is that correct in saying? Yes, yes. Okay. I, I okay. don't really, if I, if I can forgive my dad, okay, who I've never seen in 30 years, mm. now 32 years, if I can forgive my own father for that, I'm capable of forgiving anyone's minor indiscretions. So, wow. you know, but and, and, oh, but that's, it's a, it's a personal thing for Candace. I don't right. know what Candace's threshold is. I don't know how she moves forward, but we're just very different people. And is this the beginning of a divide down the middle of this group? Is it, is, is that sort of what we're seeing here? It runs deep, my friend. Wow. It, uh, it runs pretty deep. And the way that it manifests and the way that all of this evolves is, honestly, it's really sad for me to think about because I just never expected that our group would deviate that way. I knew we would always have differences, but I right. didn't anticipate that we would have something like this that would be able to break us apart so much the way it mm -hmm. did. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. And it's, um, yeah. I think that it's just people have their opinions on the situation and they're not going to budge. And that it just, it kind of shows... I don't know, different approaches to, to different things. And it's, it seems like this reunion is shaping up to be something that there's going to be a lot probably brought to the table. I'm expecting a lot of receipts, a lot of new information, I'm guessing, um, that's already been promised on, in various capacities. What, yes. are you expect, what are you expecting from this reunion? This reunion is going to be hot. Now, <laughs> I, every year I say this, I'm like, this reunion is going to bring it. Oh my gosh, there's going to be I mean, so they much all do. Revealed. You guys do it every year. But this one, I think, is going to top them all, only because there are a lot of things, even so far that I've seen now, that haven't fully been shown. So uh, those involved will have a lot to say. And yes, there's been a lot that's come to light recently that has shocked me. Mm. So even I'm going to be learning a lot about what's happening because there's information I hadn't heard of before. Hadn't I mean, the grapevine has been a buzz. It's, it's a lot. And it's honestly, it's hard to keep track of where everyone stands with one another. It's, um, it's getting complex out there, Ashley. And I'm like, and I, I mean, I'm loving, I know complaints, but it's like this, re I feel like this reunion, maybe we're going to go four parts. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm actually a little bit excited for it though. Because oh, it will too. give some closure for me too. I mean, even though I've, I'm in it and I'm living it, I still have some unanswered questions myself. And I still want to know certain things about how and why and when and all of that. I have so mm -hmm. many unanswered questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all do. I, I, I'm excited. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that it's in person. So um, that's, I hope that that's going to be the situation. We are too. Well. 
Yeah. 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 Cause it, it worked in New York, you know, it really did. Um, so knock on wood that that, that happens. Right. I mean, um, I lived for Sonia putting that hand sanitizer on her leg. Like what gave me all the life? She needed the shine, baby. She needed the shine. <laughs> I can't blame the girl. You know, it's better than doing a little spit shine. Like at least she used something else, like some hands. Yeah. And so actually before before this call, we were talking about sort of the last time we saw each other, which was at BravoCon. We did a panel, which was it was you and Giselle and um, Melissa from Jersey. It was Emily from the OC. What was what was your experience like at BravoCon? Because the, as of now, it's just a one-off event where like it really just felt like the Super Bowl of reality TV where it was just yeah. like, it was, yeah. it was just, it was a wonderful weekend. But I'm curious as, as somebody who was one of the, you know, a star attraction at, at, at the convention, what was your experience like? I had the time of my life at Broadway. Yeah. I, I, it was so great to connect with so many people and to be able to like see and hear from people who actually either relate to me or have felt inspired by me or even to people who disagreed with me. It was nice to be able to connect in person with people like that. And also, you know, I have my Bravo faves. I had a little fangirl moment with Captain Sandy and yes. uh, Captain Lee. Because I'm Low a huge Fuller Deck fan. Yes, Captain Sandy was like, hey, like she was actually a little taken aback. I, I think I came on a little strong, but um, <laughs> I it was it. just so great. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I will honestly never forget a moment that we had backstage. You said something very, very kind to me, just in that you were very proud of me and sort of like yes. about me getting there. And, and I, yes. I, you know, not everyone, you don't have to say stuff like that. I think when we had these like quick moments backstage before doing a public interview, but to me, it just spoke to your character as a person and sort of your just, just your appreciation for, for this whole platform that you have now because um, it's been a really great five seasons and I hope it doesn't slow down anytime soon. Well, thank you. But people like yeah. you are what make it fun. Honestly, it's not easy opening our lives up. It's not easy having everyone being able to scrutinize every element of my life. But when I connect with good people and like you, whether you disagree or agree with what's happening, it's just nice that you're still someone who is so positive and you, you know, you, you dig you. the show and that's ultimately yeah. the reason we do it. Totally. Do you, do you, I mean, going off that, do you feel as though like, like we're all invested, but do you feel like sometimes people are too invested to the point where it gets negative, where it gets like kind of just like too like in the weeds with, with you guys ever? Do you ever feel that? I don't feel that way in real life, like in, mm -hmm. in person interactions on social media, I've become sure. a little more cognizant of it. I feel like we can, people can dislike us and disagree with us all day. Where I think the line should be drawn is personally attacking us and writing things to us on our social media that is so harmful and so negative. Yeah. You can write that on a blog. There are so many blogs dedicated to t discussing entertainment. You can send it in a group chat to your friends. You can even talk about it on your own Instagram. I just, I, I draw the line now at someone coming on and just spewing all of this negativity at me when you don't know me personally and I'm, yeah. I'm glad that you enjoy watching me but that just is not that's not cool no it, it takes it takes it too far and I, I think it takes the fun out of it which is why which is at the end of the day why I'm in it I assume that's why you're in it it's it's, it's to have a good time and to I mean you guys make me laugh more than anybody else so <laughs> that you know it's 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 my sunday night like church service honestly seeing you guys so <laughs> i'm glad to um, hear that well ashley it was so fun to catch up with you and thank you so much for calling in everyone watching obviously <laughs> tune into real houses of potomac sundays at nine don't sleep on potomac yes do you not <laughs> sleep on potomac honey we'll wake you right up <laughs> exactly for more stories from in the know go to in the know.com
You can also follow In The Know on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And find me, Gibson Johns, on Instagram and Twitter at Gibsonoma. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.